Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Loose Head Sports Show program, the number one sports show program, maybe on planet Earth, proudly brought to you each and every week by the terrible human being that owns and runs Caffeine Gum Australia, currently running it into the ground. So if people can please get on there and buy some delicious chewed caffeine supplements, that would be appreciated. Could you also subscribe, like, share, review, be a friend, tell a friend. Anyway, uh, it's my great pleasure as always to introduce the Ben Shapiro of Australian politics, <laughs> podcasting and life, Mr. Jed Gillespie. How are you, sir? Oh, what an introduction. Ben Shapiro, man, he's, he's very smart. I it's like been him. a great 24 hours <laughs> with the with the US, the US elections on as well, the midterms. Holy shit. Well, quickly educate me. Like we won't ramble on too much about politics for people listening. We actually have some useful and fun things to talk about today. But I, I read an article in the Sydney Morning Herald, and I, I when I say I read an article, I read two paragraphs. Yep. And it was like Trump, Trump's influence was actually the other way, even though Republicans are still set to win. Like, yeah, it's so like mid midterms, so they decide who the composition of the Senate and the House. Um, so like if the Republicans win enough in the Senate and the House, they take control back. So basically Biden can't push any of his shit through. Yeah, um, but then, he, then he's saying that it's a great day for democracy, but it's also Trump's fault that they didn't win by as much as they thought they well, were going to win or something. Yeah, so Trump Trump came in and endorsed, like, he endorsed a lot of people, but, like, he, he specifically, like, you know, when they go to, you know, West Ride and campaign with the guy from West Ride, like a few of the people who he endorsed who they thought might win um, didn't. So, like, they're sort of speculating that potentially it, it, it didn't help. Um, so, yeah, it was a – there was some crazy shit going on. It's very interesting. I just find politics interesting. I know you – I find it entertaining more than interesting. <laughs> it's entertaining. So, the main my main takeaway, and I've been, as I've mentioned before, just really annoying my housemate with – all my various ramblings, but the Democrats had a guy running in Pennsylvania who had a stroke in March and his brain doesn't work properly anymore. So he, they had a, they had a televised debate. It was, believe it or not, it's between this guy who had a stroke in March and Dr. Oz from the Dr. Oz show running for the Republicans. You watched so it, didn't you? Yeah, I watched it. It was, it's gone down like it's all over all the news is it was like the worst political debate to ever take place. So the, are they trying to Dr. cancel Dr. Oz at the moment? Is that a thing? Oh, probably. Yeah. But right. more, more so funny is the guy, like the guy. So like Dr. Oz, probably not who you want running your state. The guy has had a stroke, the other guy. So he can't talk properly and he also can't hear properly. So he has this big screen in front of him that tells him the words that are being said. So like he gave this sort of just like these incoherent like dribbling answers. He won. The, he won. Just like the president. So, <laughs> it's yeah. like the, it's scary, man. So uh, yeah, look, that was that was entertaining enough. But uh, I suppose the main the main takeaway from last week was the sevens. Yeah, the sevens. obviously a very big uh, cocaine fueled event. Was that your experience? I can imagine that you made a lot of money. <laughs> I can imagine you made a lot of money that weekend. Oh. I wish I, I wish I was in that. Uh, you know what? No more comment. <laughs> but it was a it was a very very good weekend. So Friday, the tickets weren't cheap, um, and so I held off on buying them because I'm pretty broke. Uh, but 
I ended up, one of the boys slung me a ticket for Friday. So I wasn't going to go Friday. I was only going to go Saturday. Um, slung me a ticket for Friday. You sort of wander in and it was great. So we just started tipping beers back. Were there many people there? Like some of the videos I, I saw, maybe day two, day three, it looked kind of full, but the first day looked a bit quiet. Hmm. Yeah, where it probably it probably was relatively like, I think they capped ticket sales like just so that you couldn't have a packed stadium. Right, right. So yeah, like that's the, what I, that's what I'm asking, really. So the South Stand, for instance, like is where everyone goes to party. Um, that what well, couldn't be chockers full, so it could be like eighty percent full. Yeah, there was like little things on seats where you couldn't sit. I mean, Lord knows no one sat down anyway. It was it was fucking yeah. stupid. But Friday was really fun. I got home. Like, I was like, look, tomorrow's going to be a big day. All the local guys are like, you know, you got to get there at 8 a.m. You know, really to get probably. in. Yeah. Yeah. But because, uh, like, holidaying isn't in full effect yet, sort of banked on the fact that I didn't have to get up that early. Um, yeah. Granger rolled back into the house pretty, pretty late in the night. He um, didn't all nighter. He didn't all nighter. He doesn't Granger have the didn't same. order, definitely. <laughs> he, he doesn't have the same uh, wisdom that comes with age that I do. He's uh, more resilient. So, so he is way more resilient. So <laughs> when he wanted back into the house, it was somewhat time to leave. Um, and I said, hey, tell you what, you go in there, you get a couple of hours of shut eye, young fella. He did um, it so right. We, so he did. That's how you should do the seven. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so we we rolled back in um, and Saturdays, Saturdays, it's Friday's a three, four hour go. So I got there for the first game, really enjoyed the footy. Um, then Saturday's just all day though. So it's fucking, you know, let's say 9 a.m. till whenever Six, you die. seven at night, eight o'clock at night. It's fucking horrific. Oh, at the sevens, but then they go out afterwards as well. Oh, it's fucked. Like no one can drink that much piss. So like <laughs> I took in probably, me and Grange went to Circle K with like a little 7-Eleven. We took probably 10 seltzers each just in our pants. I just shoved them straight bit down of water, my pants. Bit of water at the same time. Very smart. Seltzer, well, the, the, the seltzers here are 15 bucks, which is, you know, $3. And like beers inside the stadium are 140 a litre. So what's that? Like 15, 16 bucks. So it's still not much. But when you're playing with Monopoly money over here, it feels like a lot. So, 100%. you know, 10, 10 seltzers later and you, you go to get a litre of beer like, it's only 2.30 in the afternoon. It's, it's a hell of a weekend. Um, but, yeah, it was, it was chaos in, in that South Stand. So I can imagine that when there's no COVID restrictions, the world's, the world's open and, like, there's people flying in. Like, it's, it's, it's truly chaos. I'm sure, um, I've, I'm sure I've said this story on this podcast maybe five or six times, but when I was the liaison officer for Guyana at the Sevens, I think it was 2015 maybe, they got knocked out. Their Scottish coach, who was a complete and utter wanker, I know he's a big fan of the show. Apologies to him. Can't remember his name anyway. Oh, just an absolute. You. I don't care. Punish it. Punish of a bloke. Just a fuck with. He's yeah, like, let's, let's go to the South Stand. Get, show the players passes. Get in. There's in front of us. He pours beer over these guys' head. There's the Papua New Guinean foreign ministers over there's the Japanese minister for finance in the South Stand. There's there's uh, like the South Korean. Immigration, someone wearing a woman's dress over there in the South Stand. You go into the toilet, there's about that much piss just on the floor. It's like a river of piss. There's people getting carted out by ambulances. It's the biggest scene you've ever seen. Yeah, it's 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 fucked. So biggest a lot of that scene stuff, you've ever seen. A lot, a biggest scene you've ever seen. 
a lot of that was still going on. Um, but yeah, it's it's truly a wonderful, wonderful party. Like it's fucking insane. Um, what made it better was the fact that the Aussie boys were fucking on fire and they had some very, very tough games in terms of I that they were getting they got screwed a few times, um, which I'll get into. But the last game on the first night was Hong Kong versus Australia. Hong so, Kong and everyone hates Australia in Hong Kong, so they boo well, Australia. Or has that changed? I, I think it's changed, man, because to be honest, the, the Hong Kong crowd really rode Australia home um, through the back end of the tournament, but obviously first game. So if a Hong Kong guy, if a guy from Hong Kong touches the ball, the crowd went fucking nuts. It was very, very cool. But Australia put on a fucking demolition. So Granger and I were just standing up, fingers to the world, just fucking let's go Australia. Um, and then Australia, they, they, had a, they had some fucking tough games. I mean, two, two guys in the bin against... France, like who were quite hot. Um, and then the final, which was just fucking epic. Uh, I spoke to Johnny just briefly. Um, but I don't know, mate, coaching sevens would be the top few most stressful things on the planet. Be great on, job though. Great gig though. No, no, I'll tell you what's a better gig is set piece coach for the sevens, because I've seen oh, some set piece coaches. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, hey, if anyone from the RU is listening, I know you're big fans of, of the show. We're available. We're available. There's a guy from our a guy from our club's the set piece coach for the Hong Kong Sevens team. And um I need to go talk to him because it's the single best job of all time. <laughs> but the Aussie boys winning and sort of continuing on like last season, Fiji and New Zealand or well, New Zealand and Fiji weren't really part of the tour. They sort of only played half the events. So there was a bit of doubt over whether the Aussies were sort of deserving of the number one spot, I think. And they sort of showed that they are. And considering how fucked their program is in terms of support and contracts and stuff like that. It's pretty Let's talk about incredible. it. Let's talk about that. You've made headlines this week, as per usual, throwing your sizable voice behind the Australian men's program. When, when are yeah. they going to get paid full-time? Well, it was an interesting period when they, firstly, they knifed, they knifed them. So I suppose when the when the, the, the women's side were the golden girls of rugby sevens in Australia. They still, which is, they still are. They still are, fair. right? But it's all stemming from that gold medal win. And they had a, yeah, they, they were very, very good side. Um so when the budget cuts came, they sort of they cut the men far more severely than they cut the women's. So the priority was there. Um, with less money, less they did a coaching swap, with less everything thrown into it, the men are succeeding. So on the world stage now, I think they need to be acknowledged. And by acknowledge, I mean more than six full full-time contracts and full-time contracts that aren't, you know, 50 cap. Like I think they're deserving uh, they're a program that clearly are now elite on the world stage without your help like reward them now they've done the grind for nothing give them something couldn't have said it better it's um yeah i just i I suppose i mean if you look at those guys again a lot of those guys play shoot shield some of them are really good some of them are good but it's they're all good sevens players so 15s and sevens aren't the same it doesn't fucking matter if they're shoot shield players they're really good at sevens so, like, on the weekend, they went out and played a bunch of fucking giants from Fiji, and they beat them, you know, in, in in clutch moments. I think that it's a very, very good sign. And if they had a little bit more cash, a little bit more funding, you know, who knows what they could do, but they, they've got to be considered a medal favourite for the next 
Olympics or Com Games or whatever the fuck's coming up. So I think the, that they uh, should get some kudos. The panicked decision, because I, I think it would have been panic, to swap the coaches now looks like a complete masterstroke. Yeah, that's the, that's the irony, isn't it? Because as I was reading back, just for some timings, um, before I wrote a little article, the someone actually wrote what a masterstroke it had been from ARU, like recently. Because they planned it. What they fucking, obviously planned it. Let's pay them nothing and swap our coaches. Oh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, who knew that they needed less contracts? Like, who, whatever journalist wrote that is a fucking moron. Or, like, I did not see that he wasn't being ironic um, or a suck up to, to RA, but they effectively went, right, oh, Johnny, here's a demotion for you. Or, not a demotion, we're going to give Tim Walsh whatever he wants. Um, despite the fact that they were both. I suppose living off the same success legacy that was coming from the women's gold medal. So Tim Walsh hadn't done anything with the men's side. They had like had no success, but we're going to swap because the priority is sticking with the girls. Um, I don't know. They've fucking absolutely swung that on its head. And if there's one thing that Johnny's good at, it's galvanizing people and being someone who people want to play for. So when you've got no money and fucking, you know, I suppose your back's against the wall. That's quite valuable. So I think now that now that they should they should be fucking rewarded. It's uh, it's certainly good fuel, isn't it? Like if Absolutely. you were a coach, you'd, you'd be hammering them about it. You know, I'd be like, well, they, what, what, they what didn't you believe in you. Here? They don't believe in well, you. Oh, mate, like like Lord knows, you know, guys from the shoot shield were getting a crack every other weekend last year in trying to find the right combination, and the guys who they have found weren't amazing to start. Like, they weren't necessarily come in and dominate the sevens. Like, the, you know, like Dietrich Roach and Nathan Lawson even, who is, he was a good 15s player. But, like, he didn't walk on Henry Patterson. He didn't walk in and be like, he wasn't the best sevens player on the planet. They've got better sort of over time and they've got better together. So it's time to, they need to be paid and they need to be full-time guys and they need to not have to be doing shit on the side to pay for their, you know, rent. Show them the fucking money. I am all right, and also if you like, if you're gonna do these priorities and whatnot, reassess who's priority now. I agree. One I thing agree. I will say about the sevens is it's a completely different sport. The refereeing is fucking atrocious. Um, like they, I suppose they've re, they must have a different set of rules, and this is ignorance from me, but they must have a different set of rules in terms of what high tackles are and things like that because. People are getting sent off left, right, and center for Lord knows what. Like Hong Kong, man. Hong Kong, no, Hong Kong. Like a high, a high tackle. Like if you clip someone sort of bottom of the neck or like high top peck, you're going to bend. Like it's almost like it's very frustrating to watch at times. I, lo- I like it. Seven verse six, seven verse five. Seven six. verse five, the Aussies uh, against France in the semi was fucking incredible. The boys had five today. Um, I didn't. I didn't watch a second of it. Oh, the boys had five and they defended them. Um, so yeah. Anyway, well done to the Aussie Sevens, and hopefully, someone in the bureaucracy pays you money at some point. One hundred percent, Jed. We on this show expect and demand equality, so pay the boys, pay the men. Well, actually, I'm so glad that you brought up equality because someone who listens to our podcast 
has been trying to make me fucking go bad in this last couple of days. That's one of about five people. So let's just name names. No, I'm not naming names. But he's just been relentlessly sending me videos from the Female Athlete Project and just going. Was it a good friend of mine? No. Because they've been doing the same thing. Oh, so like I have, I think the Female Athlete Project have done some great things. They've like, made but, good t-shirt, good t-shirt, great t-shirt. <laughs> they they got a good t-shirt. The fuck the the things that they choose to stick on. Like today, they were complaining, and when I say they, I mean the two people who do the podcast were complaining about that the women's rugby league side has to play eighty minutes a game. But that's what everyone else does. Well, no, they think that they shouldn't have to play as much because they're not fully professional. But then you've got another media release from the NRLW where they're they're look they're wanting they want a proper CBA and they want their season to be longer and all these things. So, like, there is honestly no guessing what would make people happy or sad these days when it comes to this sort of bullshit. It's fucking ridiculous. We just want free money and to do less. That's what we want, and we want it now. No, it's like. We want to be treated equality, like equality between NRLW, NRL, all this sort of bullshit. But when we get to the World Cup, you shouldn't have to play eighty minute games because it's different. Well, it's they're different- actually getting paid. They're actually getting paid properly at the World Cup, I believe. I, I believe I read an article saying they were getting like thirty or forty k each, which yeah, it's, seems, look, it's seems a- like not a bad month's work. Just quietly, it's not a bad month's work. It's just, but it's just impo- It's impossible to know. Like you would think that going, yeah, of course the women's games will be 80 minutes. Would be like, yeah, of course they will be. But then there's immediate kickback about it. Like what? Well, what about tennis? Yeah. What about tennis? Tennis play less than the men do and they get paid the same. I have, I don't really kick, I don't give a shit. My, I suppose my point is you'd think from an organization perspective, whoever was teeing up the Women's World Cup, you're like, yeah, it's 80 minute games. Like NRLW's 80 minute games. Everything's eighty minute game. Yeah, yeah, and because then, if if you made it a seven minute game, they go, well, the men play eighty. Why are we playing eighty? You best believe that this podcast would have covered that if they didn't do that. There is, I suppose, my point is there's no way of winning in some of these things. There is absolutely no way of winning. Um, but he's just this guy's just been feeding me like excerpts from the pod and just there's just fucking no context. Like yeah, I've feel- restrained. Sorry, you finish your thought and then I'll finish my thought. I've restrained, like they were talking about the gross uh, ad revenue uh, spending in the USA for on on advertisement and how much is on women's sport, how much is on men's sport. And so I read they absolutely no context. So I was fuck I was like, fuck it, I'll read the whole article. I read the whole article. It was not very well done, but it also came to the conclusion that 91% of people would not watch women's sport if it was on TV. So like they sort of pick and choose what they want people to hear and listen to. I don't know. It's just very frustrating. Like they've got a massive following and they could be doing so much good, but there's so much logic and reality that's missing from what they say and do. Are you calling women illogical? No, I'm not calling women illogical. <laughs> women are that's fucking bullshit. <laughs> it's not fair. I'm just saying, like their their platform is so focused on virtue signaling that even when things are fine or good, it has to they have to like detract or attack a different space. It's like no, just to, just say yes. The women's World Cup's going good. It'd be good if you know. It's, I'm glad it's good that they're getting paid X, despite the fact that they're bringing in nothing. 
you know like it's it's just very fucking frustrating oh i agree but, shout out to the jillaroos big caffeine gum boys uh very very pleased to send you some caffeine gum which they paid full price for. <laughs> I like the Jillaroos. And again, yeah. I always say this, I'd be one of the very fucking few people, including all the tens of thousands of people who follow that page, who actually watch those games. Yeah. So, well done to the Jillaroos. That's my point. <laughs> I'll tell you one thing as well, Chubby, that came up on the weekend. It shits me because it's happened a few times. If your hair, if you've got long hair, not women, or actually both, I suppose, equality. If you've got long hair that hangs over your, your jersey and someone tries to tack you and grabs your hair, you shouldn't be fucking penalised for that. No. no. You are. You are, though. In Hong Kong or just generally? No, in the world. Like, if you get done for hair pulling. It, uh. It's not frequent. I'm, I'm picking on 0.5% no. of the time, but Israel Folau did it to someone years ago in, from South Africa. You got dreads hanging halfway down his arm. Oh, like, another thing he's done wrong. <laughs> if it's the NFL has a rule where if your hair hangs over your jersey, you can be pulled. Cornrows, they have to be in cornrows. <laughs> yeah, but what if your cornrows hang down past your jersey? Oh, I don't know. You should be able to pull it. No, I agree. When does it all end, Jed Gillespie? This equality <laughs> bullshit. Like, I'm not as smart as you. How's that fair? Yep. That's not fair. We should we should be given exactly the same outcome and treatment. That's and even exactly. if you exactly. 400 hours of work in a week and I do 30, then that doesn't matter. And even though I've put two podcasts out almost every week, we should get the same outcomes. Exactly. 100%. And someone who doesn't have a podcast should also get the same outcomes. Um, speaking of while I'm continuing to... No, keep ranting. I'm enjoying world, it. I'm enjoying so it. So we, we touched on the fact that Nepal Australia had got their outcome that they were searching for last week, right? Free money. It's sort of, so, well, free, yeah. It actually, it is pretty much fucking free. It sort of flew over my head at the time that it was completely taxpayer-funded money. So the Victorian, it's the people of Victoria who are now paying rather than a private enter- enterprise. Um, so the people of Victoria own Netball Australia. Is that what no, you're telling me? No, they're paying for Netball Australia to exist pretty much. But if it was going to be a state who do things so, so fucking poorly, it was going to be Victoria. Um, but I was reading into Hancock, like the, the prospecting company, and they've been sponsoring like NADOC since 2012. Like the amount of things that they've done are just unbelievable. Um, I love but, you. <laughs> but, well, I was like, I, it just came back to, I just didn't know, I just don't know where you draw the line with this shit. And I read some articles that were very, very in favor of high-profile athletes coming out and speaking on things that they that they believe in, and I think that's great, except they, the whole time you... until until they got there, they were getting paid a check. They'd agreed to a check. They'd agreed to this. They agreed to that. They get to the absolute apex, and they go, oh, actually, I'd like to be paid a different way. And I'd like to be – and I just want to know where you'd like to draw the line because the Victorian government have done some horrific things over the past 300 years. So – should they have to come out and distance themselves from things they've done in 1790? Like, where, when you're getting becoming involved in something, would they have to do that now? Like, I, I did, it just knows no limit. So, congrats, Victoria, you're now paying for the Netball team. I'm glad the Netball team has funding. I think it's ridiculous that 
Gina Reinhardt, who's pretty much been throwing money at things that otherwise would have never have money for the last 10 years, including unbelievable amounts of Indigenous-based programs, is getting shit on in the media. I think it's fucked. Well, look, Gina, we know you're listening. Uh, if you'd like to send even $10 million to the show, we're, we're very keen. <laughs> five, but, even five. But like, Chubby, Five's the lowest you, we'll accept. You from today, you spend the next sort of decade doing all bunch of shit. Like you put everyone in the world chewing caffeine gum, you're the richest man alive. Oh, but, that sounds good. And and you're spending all this money in various areas which you'd like to see the sport grow. You're going rugby sevens, juniors, women's sport, all sorts of stuff. In 10 years' time, they go, oh, Chubby actually uh, made a really, really poor joke on the internet in 2019. So we'd like him to, you know, be very specific around apologizing for that despite the fact that you've been doing positive things for 10 fucking years yeah it's like one one ill thought out statement or one well, not poor e- action yeah, not even that it was Undo- undoes years and yeah well exactly undoes ye- undoes years and years of positivity it's a it, yeah I, the country's I, I, fucking in big trouble I, I think you know the more we talk about it I don't know how you change it. I really don't know how you change it. Like, how do you change well, it? Do we just do things do exactly, like this, keep talking about I would, it? I would do exactly what Gina Reinhardt has done. Oh, you tell them to go fuck themselves. Oh, hey, fuck. To be put- yeah. I'll give I the $15 actually- million dollars to the men's netball team. There you go. That's what I'd do. Yeah. I don't know. I just think it's. It's ridiculous. The Pat Cummins one, yeah, I, 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 again, I think it's quite uh, convenient that he gets to the pinnacle of his sport after sort of 10 years on the on the ballot getting paid and then goes, I think we need to be, you know, mindful of who who who's the sponsor of cricket, you know, who's paying me effectively. It's What do you reckon he's getting paid? Talk, talk me numbers. In Australia? Yeah, pl- like including Big Bash, sponsors. And um, the the ILB or whatever it is, the Indian one, oh, just Australian, like one point five, probably. Yeah, he'd be more. So you'd you'd be saying two to three a year. Yeah, and so conservatively, he goes, conservative guess. Like, yeah, absolutely. Oh, more than two to three a year. I just think he's Australian. One to be one point five or something like. That. What would you do with three million bucks a year? Tell you what, I wouldn't be a woke fuck with. What do I do with three million bucks a year? I don't know, probably invest like 2.98. Oh, so like boring. A peasant. <laughs> well, I don't know what I do with $3 million because I've never even got close to that amount of money. Closest I've got to that amount of money is like hanging out at Hilly's house. And Rob Lagoody. Like or Rob Lagoody. <laughs> hanging out at Lagoody's house. Um, I really don't know. I'd probably buy a nice car, but not like super nice car. Like, a, like something that poor people would think is cool, like I am. And then a house and do... Shit that I like to do, but that doesn't pay any money. Like Jed Gillespie, humble man of the people, humble man of the you, people. What would you do with three million dollars? A lot of things. You know what? I probably wouldn't change too much. I'd buy my parents exactly. both a house. I'd buy my parents both a house, and I wouldn't tell them how I got the money. Anyway, okay. tell me about tell me about the facade that is the Rugby League World Cup. 
Yeah, it's, look, yeah there's it's a lot of Tongan people angry at the moment because Samoa won. Is that accurate? I never, I didn't yeah. bother looking into it. Yeah, Samoa, Samoa played Tonga in the semi. They they won 2018. I mean, so they go to the World Cup final now to play Australia or New Zealand. Is that no? No, that was the quarter. That Did you just have quarter. a seizure? Uh, I think that was the quarter because Australia play England. It got to be in there somewhere. Don't they? Oh, look, I've lost track. But um, what you're saying is you don't give a fuck. That's what you're saying. I don't. I don't give a fuck really. I mean, it's not an international sport. I really like it, but it's not an international sport. You can't have. They've it's just Western Sydney. It's like Western Sydney just having a reunion in London. Oh no, my microphone's changed. Oh no. I'll just keep. I'll just keep ranting. I can hear you perfectly. So, it's like Western Sydney's having a reunion in London. There's about oh, five is. people watching. Yeah. Oh, it's 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 like the the poor countries they rounded up to play in it and flogged the fuck out of. Like, come on, guys, you can't have a World Cup. Like Jamaica, like this team's getting beaten a hundred. Greece, <laughs> Greece, the boys from the greasy boy. Shout out Peter Mamazoulas, but they they're losing a hundred nil. Like, it's a complete waste of time. Actually, speak. I'm back from Western Sydney. Um, I. Some Australian guy, like people just randomly say hello to you in uh, the grandstand. And this guy with like a sleeve and like a shitty jersey on walks past and goes, I'm from Parramatta, I'm a hard cut. Off the blue. <laughs> we didn't know. We were like, oh, no. And we just sort of let him go. But like if that's the picture that Australians are painting in Hong Kong, you want to, as a general rule, when I'm overseas, I don't want to hang out with anyone else from my country. Because things like that happen, and you get a bad rep. Like you want to stay, you want to be as you, you want to stay far away from the people as you can. You keep flattening it out. No, oh, I got you. Speak, speaky, speaky. Hello, I'll keep talking. Hello, look. Uh, the thing about telling people that you're a tough cunt it probably means that you're not a tough cunt. In my experience. Hello. Oh, we've lost Jed. Look, it looks like after 54 episodes of production on this show, we've gone to even worse heights than before. The Mo's looking good. Anyway, let's switch subjects to the rugby from the weekend. Oh, so I I watched all the rugby on the weekend. (laughs) How do you have time to do all this, by the way? I... I don't know. I, well, I thought well, I thought we were you don't do sleep. You sleep forty minutes a night. That's I how you do. I don't sleep it. well. I've got bad sleeping patterns. But hot tip: if you haven't watched, haven't Australia A. No, Ireland A versus the All Black Fifteen. It was the fucking best game of rugby I've ever seen. The the highlights from that game are incredible. They are as close as you'll get to champagne as you can you can get in rugby. New Zealand fucking. Absolutely smoked Ireland. Um, it was incredible. But I did watch all the games. What did you think of the Wallabies game? Um, it was... it was Bernard Foley, good kicker. As much as I call him a dinosaur on here sometimes, fuck, he, he absolutely... He, he, nails, he nails pills. It was... So close. What did you think? I think watching the game, I felt really optimistic. I'm like, we we're we're as good as 
France. When we were, we were on, we were as good as France. And I, I think we lost a lot of the small moments in the game. Like, I think it was Valentini did a kick that was just ridiculous. Yes, 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 yes. We, we mistimed a couple of clean-out lines, overshot the mark, a test rugby, guys get on the ball deep in the A zone so you'd stop building pressure. I think Falao had a couple of missed line-out throws that would have put the uh, Aussie team into a good attacking position. Just shit like that. I think we lost the little moments. And I think unless... I think we're a good rugby team, but if we're going to go from being a good to a winning rugby team at test level, particularly with how close all the teams are at the moment, we've got to start winning those little moments. That was my yeah, main takeaway. I feel like we're on... An, I, I definitely feel like we're on an upward trajectory, though. Like, we've got, we've got the makings of a very good rugby team. Yeah, I don't doubt that. It's amazing how small things can fuck you in like the test match arena like that kick or like an overthrow or things like that there's you just pay the price for them the repercussions are so much higher and harder or you, um, or you make a bad decision to add a defensive breakdown and give away a stupid penalty you know yeah, three or, points or they kick it down the other end of the field you release all this pressure on the opposition it's, so. you have to be as close to perfect and sort of error free as as you know, to win these games, it's it's very high stakes, and I think you'd get better at it the more you're there. Um, I think I think so too. But it, even if you look at the makings of the team, I mean, Slipper Slipper will last another year, but he's he's I think he's playing as well as he ever has. Like I, yeah. I don't think that's an outrageous statement. Then you you've got Barecki's become an international rugby player. He's playing very fucking well. Al Allen and Tanielli got two world class tight heads. I think Frost and Neville in the second row are probably going to make it to the next World Cup. Holloway's looking more and more comfortable at test le- at test level, I think. I thought that was his best game. Uh, Valentini, Hooper, Nick White. like they're, they're starting to get the bones of a really good team there. And there's some depth in key positions. Probably, probably the only thing I'd be concerned with is 10s. But after the couple of old dogs, you've got a bunch of young guys coming through who may not peak at this World Cup, but the next World Cup will be looking, will will have some serious depth at ten, if they can keep them in the country. And the the only other position I'm a little concerned about is probably loose head prop. I think I think Gibbo's done well, but I think we need another guy after him. If either of them drop down, we're pretty short there. Yeah. No. Look, I don't know. I was thinking about tens the other day because I was thinking about all the tens who've won World Cups, and I don't know whether. It's greatly beneficial to have the like Bernard Foley starting all the tests on this spring tour. You I, know, like I, he like you know what he can do. He can obviously come in and kick goals well and play reasonably well. So I don't think that's going to change in the next twelve months. I I'd agree with you. Uh, and the other thing there is you don't know what his J- Japanese club's going to do at the end of next year. Like they they might put pressure on him to stay. They might not be able to release him. But the, on the flip side of that is you got to win test matches now, particularly leading into a World Cup year. So I can I can understand why they are playing. I think in an ideal world, you'd be blooding one of the young guys or or a few of them to give them game time and to see who's going to be the best. But you'll, you will have teething problems and lose games. And I don't think – I think we're at a position where we need to win games. Yeah. No, I, I think we need to win games as well. I just don't know – whether Bernard Foley is going to get much better in these games, but would someone else? 
Like, I've got no doubt Tane will be a Wallaby 10 one day. Like, but all these young guys coming through, Noah Lawless, CEO, Tane, they'll all be first-class 10s one day. But I don't know if you want to blood them too early. Like, it depends on the individual. Do you throw them into the fire now and 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 know that they're going to make mistakes, adjust on the run? There'll be some bumps along the way, but eventually they'll get to where they need to go. You might lose a few games, which will put a lot of pressure on coaches, players. Or do you have that old guy, have the young guys in the squad, around the team, and they just very slowly give them the experience? I, feel I like guess it's should, one of those things. I feel like you should know if Lalesio is going to be one of the guys or not because he's played fucking 15 tests. Well, he's got to be – is he injured at the moment? Because he, he played really well in the second last test before they left for the tour, and then I think he missed the last test through injury. Okay. Yeah, well, I, I, I don't know. If, if that's the way it's going to be, he's your guy, and I'd have a, one of the old fellas as the backup. I wouldn't have – I wouldn't have quite. I'd have fucking Bernard Foley. He's just more consistent. He's more reliable. He's, um, got, he's got two Achilles as well. He's got a what? He's got two Achilles as well. Oh, yeah, he does. He, Quaid's got a lot of calf awareness as well, so you got to be careful of that. Speaking of people who um, are great on the mic, SBW getting fucking knocked out. Holy shit. Okay. What about all the outrage from some of the Fox Sports scumbag journalists going, shock loss, Sonny Bill Williams, shock loss to Mark Hunt? <sighs> Excuse me. I paid a cool $60 to watch that from my fucking shack here. Best money you've ever spent. The best money I could ever spend because I'm not a fucking great boxer. I like boxing and I watch boxing a lot. SBW is not a very good boxer. But you're not getting into the ring with Mark Hunt. Even a 55, 60-year-old Mark Hunt. (laughs) 60. Like, I know. He's still Mark Hunt. I know, but like these guys have these trajectories where they fucking fight nobodies and just bums and they like it's like man he's a good fighter no he's a fucking he's not a very good fighter actually and so like a 50 year old bloke who's got a losing record in the ufc i know he's a hard he's a hard motherfucker and he's got a really big right hand he had one calf in that fight his left calf he had an injury to it he couldn't fucking walk so like all he had to like all you had to do was sort of dance around him and anyway, he, he got cleaned up. You could sort of see it coming a little bit. All he had to do was connect once. He connected once and he was fucked. So that, for me, was great. I don't want to see SBW box anymore. I don't want to see SBW box Barry Hall. I don't want what to do see you want him. to see him do, though? Because commentary, he can't do that. I think he should go and, like, he needs to be like a media guy who doesn't talk. Maybe like, like, a, weather, so like a writer. Like a weather girl. Like someone who just looks good and po- and poke uh, pointed shit. I don't know, but he not a writer. He couldn't. He can't fucking write. You um, get someone to write for him and just put his name on it. I think he should like be an ambassador for someone do doing good things. I'm sure he's good, like a nice dude. Like go around do that sort of shit. But does that pay like, well? I've got no idea. Probably if you're him. But like another, did we need another knockout to add to his already extremely poor vocabulary? No, not really. Like Lord knows, in this, the next time he gets on the mic, we could just be Sunny Bill Williams shock loss to Mark Hunt. <laughs> yeah, it was. Um... Man, I don't care what anyone said. Mark Hunt is a legend of fighting, and 
Like respect for Sonny to get in with him just quietly. Like you got to give him respect. No, but for if, that. if you're a, if you're an aspiring boxer or someone who thinks that you can box and you're, you know, seven eight fights in, and you can't beat a fifty year old bloke who can't move, <laughs> then you're in the wrong fucking sport. But look, he, he's just doing it for paycheck. Um, Gallon's fucking. I've been trying to avoid reading about Gal fighting Hodges again, but I can't. Why is he? Do, why is he doing that? Oh, I don't fucking know. Like, he and Sonny should be fighting each other. No, I don't want to see it. I don't care anymore. I don't watch it anyway. Punch his fucking face off. Firstly, I'm not a huge Gallon guy, but he's just a better fighter. Um, but yeah, Hodges Hodges won't take the fight unless it's two minute rounds now. So, I it's uh, it's messy. It's farcical. I hope they're getting paid for it uh, because it's embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> I, would yeah. ne- I would never fight any of them, but look, it's embarrassing, and I hope they're making a ton of money. And I mean, what else can they do? They've got a small window to be f- famous. Well, like particularly someone like Josh, Justin Hodges, he has a very small window because. I mean, fuck me. His window closed a long time ago, so he needs to get whatever he can. But like guys like Gal, like Gal's on, like Gal's a reasonable commentator. Like SBW could be anywhere, earning anything for doing anything. I think he's proving me that by the fact he's on a commentary team and he mm-hmm. doesn't speak English. So like that's a fairly good indicator. Mark Hunt needed the money. Um, so yeah, I don't know. The, the Australian boxing scene can be very, very sad, kind of. Fuck me, it's sad. Yeah, I, 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 I always go on YouTube and watch the clips afterwards, and I was very pleased to see the result of that uh, um, fight. Completely unrelated from that, you actually know another another figure who is uh, a bit notorious. Is did you see the lady who Nick Kyrgios said she looks like she's had a thousand beers? Sued him. Yeah, what a fucking piece of shit she must be. What a fucking dog of a human she must be. Did you read it? Yeah, there's something about those people that that sue famous people just to try and get a settlement out of it. So she was like a Danish fucking lawyer or something, right? Oh, and your kind. At the time, she was like, uh, uh, yeah, no, look, I think he was off the mark with the 1,000. It was probably, you know, 990. So, you know, something comical like, and then her, ne- her next statement was, you know, after some consideration, I've decided that Nick's comments defamed me on the international level. So he had to go pay fucking 40,000 pounds or something to some sort of charity. Like, fuck you. If you're drunk at a game and you're yelling and someone goes, that guy's fucking drunk and yelling. You just laugh. Oh, my God. You, what a, she must be a genuine piece of shit. Like, honestly, she must be a terrible, terrible person. You're on fire today. What else is bothering you? This fucking microphone's bothering me. Okay. It's not bothering me anymore. Um, oh, another thing that's bothering me. We have some fucking crazy cultural standards in Australia around what's play on and what's not play on, right? And a lot of it's like, you know, woke and this and that, and it's just fucking crazy. So the Japanese sevens were playing on the weekend to have... Every now and again, they have a giant Fijian guy playing for him, right? Or a giant Tongan guy. Like, we've all seen it before. They had a massive Fijian dude on the weekend. You have to be fluent in Japanese to play for the Japanese team. Seems fair. Right? Well, I don't know. Like, I just found it interesting. Like, it certainly must be a transition if you're Fijian or Tongan. 
Can you imagine if you had to be fluent in English to play for Australia? Oh, you'd be blown out of the water if they made that happen. Correct. But, like, it just struck me as, like... Are we going to some... get culturally... Are we Are we actually going to get culturally inappropriate right now? Is that what we're no. doing? Because no, I'll, no, I'll do it. I'll do it. It's just different standards. So it's okay, like, for Japan to be nationally proud. Enough That's a very like, nice way of saying racist, and it's no, it's not a fucking nice way of saying racist. Like they're, they're okay with the fact that they go, yeah, look, we if you're going to play for us, represent our country, wear our flag, you got to speak our native tongue and you got to speak it well. If you said that in Australia, you would be in fucking cancel culture prison. So, like, I suppose my point is that I think America. we have, we just have different standards. Yeah, because like if you when you heard that, you didn't think like, oh wow, that's really fucking racist, did you? No, no, I, was, I would Just think like, it makes oh, sense. There you go. That's like interesting. That's like an interesting cultural thing. Mm. But if you, yeah, again, it's sort of like the like many things here in Hong Kong. If you convert it back to Australia, you'd be you'd be in a fuck. You'd be you'd be fucked. Yep. No, I agree. Look, uh, the Asian region has some very interesting attitudes towards nationalism let's just say that geez i've said that well haven't i very well (laughs) and uh japan might be the most nationalistic of all those countries from my experience yeah it's just it's become not cool to like to to sort of like your own country anymore particularly at home i don't know why that is but it's a it's a it's it's a, it's like a 10 year trend. Like it's, if you think about like, you know, fucking people getting Southern cross tattoos and fucking, you know, loving Australia in the early 2000s, it's not the same now. It's, you, you can't mention it without mentioning any sort of potential bad thing that's ever happened. Whereas here it's, people. Where do you think it's going to go? I don't know. I don't know. But like, it, you'd be very like, you'd almost be frowned upon if you said in the media, oh, you know, I'm proud to be from my country. I'm proud to be from Australia. You'd be like, people would be like, you know, it's, it's ignorant of the past or this, that, and the other. Whereas I suppose all I'm saying is from different countries' perspectives, there's, there's much more, they're much more proud to be from where they are. And like, Lord knows that fuck, whatever country you choose, there's some crazy shit's gone on there in the last couple hundred years. But like, there's just seems to be a complete lack of, Pride. Yeah, I would agree with that. Although, look, driving around on Australia Day, living in Cronulla, there's there's pride around, but there's there's a similar amount of people who don't, who have their own objections to Australia Day. For sure. But then, from a media perspective, all those people would be called racists. Like the if you if you if you were celebrating on Australia Day. So it's I don't know. I feel like we're just in this fucking tug of war of of, of rubbish. But I would I do wish that it just made me think like fuck. Oh, you know we don't have that sort of same passion or same even Kiwis. Like there's plenty of Kiwis at the club. Like they're you know they, they don't have this sort of these qualms back in New Zealand either. Like we're just, just, we're just not a very proud nation. I don't think it sucks. Well, I'm proud to be Australian. Yeah, so am I, but I, I just don't think that's the cool thing to do at the moment. I don't think I would, it's in I wouldn't make a big deal about it. Like, you know, in America, they're very, very patriotic people. It's because that's the best country on the planet, mate. Well, it's going well at the moment. 
can I can I ask you a very serious question? You're mm-hmm. obviously a Tom Segura and Bert Kreischer fan. Yeah, yeah, big fan. Did, did you see that Tom bought Bert uh, Adolf Hitler's cup for his birthday? I did. So just for how context, fucking funny is that? Just for context, anyone they have a, these two comedians have a podcast together. Um, they're very non PC. They're very very funny. One of them's a Jewish guy, um, and they have been buying each other escalating birthday gifts over the last couple of years. So, you know, it started at, you know, a private jet flight somewhere and it ended with like a race car. And then they decided to sort of shoot it off on a different tangent um, and buy unique ones. And uh, this year, one of them bought the, the, one of them bought the other one, a teacup that had been, had been owned by Adolf Hitler. And it was yeah the, the very, Jewish guy, very- the Jewish guy. And it was very, very funny. It was worth about 25 grand. And he was saying, I'm meant to smash this. I should smash this. And he's going, you can't. It's worth 25 grand. So that was very, very funny. Um, fuck, they must. See, how do they escape? I suppose they just don't care. They've got enough fans where they don't care. I think if you I think if you just absolutely own it, there's enough people that will just go, huh. Yeah. That was, Whereas- yeah, that was great. That was very funny. Well, they've tried to, you know, this true Geordie podcaster in the UK. Yeah, what's got? I don't know a lot about him. What's his? Deal? I, I don't really know why he's being cancelled at the moment. I think he said some dubious things, but he's currently trying to be cancelled. And I think his problem is he's he's portrayed himself as this sort of virtue signalling, you know, voice of morality, and and it's come out that he might not be that virtuous, and you know, might not have. Uh, you know, might not be that moral as well. And, and now people are hammering him for it. So I think if, I think if you are open and honest from the start, people tend to be more accepting. But if you, if you, if you change or you're hiding yourself, like I think, like Tiger Woods, right? The goat. You're right. Sorry. Tiger Woods, Tiger Woods, the goat. If he was just open and I'm sure we've said this before, if he was just open and honest from the start, I like to fuck really hot women. That's what I do. I take prescription medication for my back because I played golf since I was four. That's what I do. And I'm not this great family, man. Everyone would have gone, hey, look at this guy go. Like, look at Warney. Everyone loved him. John Daly, everyone loves him. But because he was something and then wasn't that, he, he was being portray- he was portraying himself as something and he wasn't really that, people just shit all over you. Yeah, it's. I think like John Jones is exactly a, same a bad guy now. But he was when he first came out. He was like the the crowd loved him. He was like he was the man. Um, if you just say like, yeah, I'm not that. I'm not that good a guy. Like if you're a bit evil, just say you're a bit evil. Just and be who you least, are. Just least, be who you are. At least when everything comes out or like things come out about you being a bit evil, like there won't be any qualms. I mean. So what's the true Geordie? Like what what guy isn't he a big tattooed up motherfucker? Yeah, he's a he's a tattooed guy. He started a podcast. I think it goes reasonably well. I've listened to a few of them. He does a good job of interviewing people. But he's yeah. he's he's one of these um podcasters that does political commentary as well. So if there's like social issues, like he tried to get Andrew Tate cancelled and a couple other things like that. So if there's something that comes out in popular culture, he'll speak against it. Yeah. And and I think one of the things was, you know, he was he was trying to cancel Andrew Tate, and then something came out that he was actually beating women. 
something like that. Really? Yeah, it was something. It was something along those lines. Allegedly, don't quote me, but it was something along those lines where he was, you know, he was presenting one image to the world, and and the reality was quite different from what I understand. Yeah. Well, I mean, I still can't believe that Andrew Tate has been cancelled. I can't believe that anyone gets cancelled for fucking anything. I mean, we're a week into Elon Musk owning the world, and what do you, what, what's your take? What's your take on that? Have we talked about that? Yeah, we have. I mean, the 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 blue tick thing's really fucking getting people. Jesus, it's pissing people off. Like, you got to pay for your blue tick now for any of our. Older listeners, it's like your verification thing makes you cool online. Um, you got to pay eight dollars to keep it, and fuck me, some people are pissed off. Um, but yeah, I, I I think it's good. I don't know. I, I just think I don't know. It's like only only sort of in America, it's really an issue in America. It's it's not so much an issue for us back home, but only sort of conservative thought in America has been shut down and. If you're sort of more, I suppose, progressive, you're being allowed to behave. I mean, carry on. So it was sort of important to him. He was like a real libertarian dude, like operated in the middle um, and all this fucking shit, people being things, he, she, they's driven him sort of, I think he's going to be fucking crazy, to be honest. Like, I think I think, he's, I think you're going to be fucking crazy to be him. Like, look what I think he's doing. He, I think he could go off the deep end, though. Like, I think he, I think he's, like, the, look at his trajectory into sort of politics. He's sort of gone from zero to absolutely one billion. Like, he's yeah. fucking spraying people left, right, and center. I also think that he's a bit crazy in general. I, I think you'd have to be to do what he's done. To even think that it's possible is quite something. Yeah, he's like I know, like. Please don't, please don't take this as me comparing myself to Elon Musk because I certainly am not. But even with all the things that I try and do, you're not going to do that again. Go on. You see, my dad's my dad goes to me. He goes, mate, if Elon Musk can run four multi-billion-dollar companies, bank crazy supermodels, impregnate half the world, send people to Mars, you can do two stupid little podcasts. And have a and have a coaching career. And anyway, I've just that was our fucking tagline last week. Oh, I can't remember, mate. It's been a big week. So True Geordie's been cancelled because he made a racist joke on Andrew Tate's religion, and it's backfired. Jim Shark has sacked him, um, and a couple of companies as well. So there you go. Yeah, well, I mean, you get what you 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 plan, I suppose. It's only made Andrew Tate more popular of getting cancelled. his shit's still fucking everywhere. Every girl in the world hates him. Um, he's got some stuff that he goes he goes way off the deep end where he starts talking about the Matrix and shit like that. And I really don't understand what the fuck he's talking Like, I understand conceptually, but he loses me on some things. But he's just very... I suppose he he, he represents like 1950s thought on how things should be. Like, men if should you, provide... Have you listened him. to a lot of Jocko Willink or Jordan Peterson? Yes. He actually says very similar things to those two. Yes. It's just the manner in which he says it. Andrew Tate says it as more of a fuck you. He's clearly very smart. So he just goes, fuck you. I'm going to say it however I like. Whereas the other two are more uh, well, I, they have the elegance to the way they speak. I, I feel like um, he presents himself as this baller, you know, this baller that 
bangs girls. Oh, and, gee, baby, yeah. Yeah, you know, you know what I mean? And I think that might rub people up the wrong way as well because I can only imagine that Jordan Peterson is loaded. He'd have to be now. Jocko Willink, yeah, obviously Navy SEAL, has done a number of best-selling books, has multiple businesses, has a big podcast. I'm sure he's fucking killing it as well now, but they don't present themselves like that. So I think that that might have undone him a little bit as well because people tend to like to chop down those kind of people. Yeah, I think it it probably it helps to be a little bit more humble if you're going to be doing crazy shit like he's saying crazy shit, trying to offend. I don't think he's trying to offend. Well, but he knows it must offend. I don't know. He interests me. He makes me. I I I watch his shit because I find it interesting. Um, I I like the way he speaks about uh, some of the stuff to do with men. Um, he said some things about women that could be perceived very poorly, and I think that was that might have been a big part of his undoing. What um, I what I would question there is though, how many people out there do you think are saying those things about men and not cancelled? Uh, Jordan Peterson, Jocko Willink. No, no, no. Jo- I mean, jo- like, like he says poor things that are, are perceived and probably are for the most people offensive to women not offensive in like a direct harm way but defensive to the way they the world operates how many blue-haired people in the states are saying those same things about men every day and not oh absolutely absolutely so it's one way and not the other so i i don't think anyone should be fucking i think you should short of like trying to rouse a war up um or like you know get people murdered like you can't just have one side of it. Um, completely unrelated, but been hearing some rumors. Oh, not rumors, just things from back home. How was the start of preseason? That was good. Very good turnout. The wildfires, uh, four days in the first week. Gotta love that. Fucking hell. No, it's good. I'll, I'll be, I'll miss tonight's session. I'll go back, back up Saturday. Look, mate, scrums first day. How good. Line out second day, mate. There's uh, they're doing some good things there. It's nice. Very, very, very promising. So, so you stay up there for those days. So I stay up Monday night, and I'll come back Tuesday after training. Uh, so I might push that out and come back Wednesday because I was pretty fucked after that. Um, and I'll Saturday I'll come up and back, but during the year it'll vary. So I'll probably stay up a lot. But mate, I like Newcastle. Go for a swim at Merriweather in the morning good night out there there's good food there's good coffee it's a beautiful place where do they pull you up i just stay at bubba's house okay sweet the the coleman estate they have a puppy now sunny very cute that's good good content six week old puppy very very cute and uh no it's good mate i'm enjoying it good group of fords there's some there's a good mix of vets and some young guys um I'm optimistic. I think it'll be a good year if we manage to stay injury free, which is always well, a you, challenge. If you, I'm of the opinion, based on very little, but just my own brain, that if you can retain your squad from last year, you're in very good stead in the shoot yes. shield. I think. I, so, I would I mean, completely agree with that, and we have managed to retain the vast majority. Well, that puts you, in my opinion, in very good stead. If I think if. Any team can have the exact same teams they had last year. I think they'll be better this year. I think um, I don't think that's going to be common, just from what I hear. I've heard East are spending the yes. fucking hell. They're the going after hell. everyone. They're telling sevens that they're going to play two sevens next year. 
whilst trying to sign every decent six in the competition. So I've said this before, but it has to be, they have to do that. I think they have to go the house, not just this coach who's only been there a year or so, but as an organization, they should be, I, I, they have to fucking get a top four finish or a top two finish. They have had that many tars on the books and teams that are fucking stacked on paper for five years. They need an outcome. So, I are you mean, putting pressure on East? Is that what we're doing on this show? We're calling East out. I don't know. I don't think I'm calling East out. I think that it, I think they know this. Like they've had a good team for as long as I can fucking remember. But when have they had an outcome? Kate's walking through the back. Hello, Kate. Hey, Kate. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. I, I remember when I first came into first grade, they were there or thereabouts for 15, 14, 13 years. They've had a bit of a drop-off in the previous couple of years. And, yeah, so I, I think you're right. For a club, a very proud club, they'd probably need a result next year. They need or they need a top. If they can make a major semi, like that would be a pass mark, which is a high, high standard to put on someone. But how many, like, fucking hell, some of these teams, if you just clipped them in isolation, you'd be like, that's a very, very good side. How did they lose? How did they come sixth? How did they like it's it's just not right. They so they need a good outcome. It'd be um it'll be interesting to see how some of the teams like I think there's been a bit of rollover at North. Um couple of retirees. I couple think of retirees. Gussie's, Gussie's joining the coaching staff, I believe. Um and Declan, I think's retired as well. So that might might not seem like a lot, but that's hard to replace. Fucking up. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they bounce back. I'm interested to see how Para bounce back after a, sort of their emergence year being not like a contender, not a consummate bottom two team. So they had a really good year season last year. It'll be interesting to see whether they sort of get that second year blues or the second year syndrome, or they can sort of repeat what they had. And, you know, a part of that's going to be whether they can find, I mean, they had these English guys over, right? like a fair contingent of them who didn't change the world, but they were very reliable players week in and week out in key positions. Yeah. You know, and, they, and as soon as they all went back, the results started to uh, results change. Did. They, they yeah. didn't dip incredibly. Like it didn't turn into 70 point fucking losses, but, and there were some things there that are clearly going very, very well, but it's going to be a matter of whether they can sort of make not like last year, not an outlier. I like the two. I like the two blues, man. I think for for the shoot shield to be good and for the shoot shield to be taken seriously, the two blues need to be a team. They got to be a good team. What do you see? What do you see at West Harbour? What do they do? Oh, should we just speak freely and honestly? Well, I, I'm not trying to shit on West Harbour. I'm looking at it from more like, what do you do if you if you're where they are? Because I mean, there's a number of teams that each year bounce between third and fucking ninth. And like if one year you come ninth, but the next year you come fourth, then like you're not in a death slump. Like, you know, even Randwick haven't been amazing for the last decade, but like they've had years where they were good and years where they weren't as good. Like West have now been not great for a while. Look, it's a hard one, isn't it? I don't. I'm not 
look, I don't know the financial position of the club. Um, so my guess would be the only thing that you could do is try and create some kind of sustainable pathway that eventually turns the West Harbour Club into a successful club. I mean, what else can you do apart from if you, if, if you have good commercial partners, go and try and create more revenue, then you can do some creative recruiting. But if you don't have that, what else do you do? You have to have a good rugby program. I think, I think if you look at some clubs, the rugby program tends to attract some players if you have a good rugby program. So I think they need to put effort into that, which I'm, I'm sure Tree's probably doing. Um, get in guys, as many good guys as you can. Um, I'm sure, look, wildfires don't have Eastwood's bankroll, but um, <laughs> but it's, look, but finding finding the guys that you could probably get 10 years ago is just not the same anymore. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know if they've done it in the past, but I think you need to do a Gordon. I think you need to fucking bankroll two years very heavily see to, to stimulate winning yeah look I, I can see that i can see that argument as well i've uh yeah look i can see that argument as well i've seen it work i've seen it not work what the where, right answer where didn't it work see us 2014 grand final appearance it's pretty good yeah but it's okay so you make so do you want one appearance or do you want to be a perennial contender? No, but like they're out of that. Like was... I'd be I'd be far more interested in long-term success than a one-off. Well, look, at this point in my fucking life, I'd just like one shoot shield. But if I was someone that was building a club, I would want it to be successful for the long term. I think Gordon was the first time you saw, unless you can tell me otherwise, really mass wholesale investment and player turnover in a two-year period at that level. Like, yeah. I, I know money was being spent at South, but South were also a strong team at the time. Um, and it no, they weren't. Get... no, they weren't. When I first turned up there, they didn't win. They won one game in two years. So my first years in first grade, we won one game in two years. Easily the bottom, I remember, I remember the only win, and it was against Manly at Manly Oval, and I, I remember it like it was yesterday. And then from there, they started to filter money in through, um, I won't name him, but a very wealthy man. And they spent a lot of money. And then the year that they made the semifinals with a basically a Wallaby Ford pack, now it might have been the grand final, basically a Wallaby Ford pack. I think the money dropped off after that. And then there was a, a small period of success. Never won a shoot shield. I should say. So you can say that there was success, but we've never, South have never won a shoot shield. It kept yeah. a few guys around though. It kept, it kept. Well, like, it got them in, it got them in the door. It got them in the door is my point. So like, I don't think that. I, I, I got a theory that money gets you in the door. The good rugby program keeps you and the good culture keeps you. So if, it, okay. if, if you've got good mates there, it's a good club. It's community minded, family minded. And there's a red hot rugby program. That's how you keep people. But I think you are right. Money does get people through the door, but it's not what keeps them. Yep, probably not. I think in, in I think in 2022, if you spent the right amount of money, you could get almost any outcome you wanted. 
I, I like I see and in saying that, if you did finish top four or top five, something like that, then the next year when an Australian schoolboy kid's leaving Joey's, you know, he's not gonna look at a team that, that came twelve. That is true. That is true. He's gonna be like, all right, this I, team I, came, I, this team came fifth, there's still some opportunity there. Like it could be easy for me to play first grade, but they're not gonna lose by fucking a hundred. Okay. Yes, I agree with you. But what if you don't have the money to do that? What do you, what do you do? You get a, because you, a, you came back. The, the original question was West Harbour, and yeah. I I have no idea their financial status. I hope that they've got billions of dollars like Eastwood do. I really hope that. I hope all the shoot shield clubs become billionaires. Probably uh, the wildfires. I hope become the richest. But if they don't have the money, what would what would you do if you were them? I don't know. You'd have to get a very, 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 very successful coach who brings a heap of his own people with him. What if you don't have the money to do that? Then, like, I suppose if, like, what we're reaching at is like a bottom up thing. But, like, but it's just, I don't know. I just think you, you, it depends what sort of cash you got, but I think you can turn teams around quickly, more more quickly these days and the nature of the shoot shield is people will move around more players move around more there's not as much like live and die for the club as there was when you first started playing or when i first started playing so you can if you had the right amount of money and it's not paying guys 50 grand a year it's just going right i'll give you fucking 900 bucks a week 800 bucks a week like you can get your pick of the litter for that that's true that's true but you got you got to have the money so if you don't have the money i guess the answer is go and find the money create the money somehow. But if you don't have that, I mean, what's the answer? Yeah, I don't know. It's a tough one. I, I don't know. I'd love to see. I'd love to see the way the clubs spend money in, in the different setups. Um, it would be very interesting to see where money's spent or which club really generates a lot of money because there's conceptions about who generates money and who spends money. It would be interesting to see it all out on the table. Something that will never happen, but I just... No, it would does, be. Yeah, it would be interesting to see the reality. I, I, look, I think if you've got no money, you have to try and build a program. It's it's the only other way to recruit people. We have an outstanding rugby program. If you come yeah. to our program, you will get better. It will take time. Mm. I know that's not, not a, I know that's not a message it, people want to hear, but no, what, are, what are your other options? Particularly the generation of players... That are coming out at the moment are fucking so instant gratification. It's unbelievable. Like there is, is absolutely is no true. time. There is no time to play Colts. There's no time to not be the fucking first fly half at the club. There is absolutely no time. So the the era of like playing Colts, then playing a bit of third grade, then twos, then ones, then Super Rugby, which people did. Like not. It wasn't the, the regular, but like lot, lots of people would have played threes and then played super rugby is that's fucking gone. If you're, if you're playing somewhere and you're not happy, you're at a different club next year, sometimes immediately. Sometimes so, during the year. Sometimes during the year, which has happened a heap of times where guys want to be playing front first, so they'll just leave the club. Um, so selling that sort of longer process i think is just it i think it was, would have been hard to start with but i think it's fucking really hard now where kids have got no fucking time they are running like they are only got two years to live like it's it's fucking incredible well like you look at this Savelio tamale kid that just signed with the dragons like i'm, I'm sure you know who he is no i didn't see it 
it was a Warringah cult, uh, played Australian schoolboys in the actual. So you know how the there's an Australian A schoolboys that goes on tour. I think the Australian A-teens is the actual Australian schoolboys. It's done really weird now. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, and I don't rate that either, by the way. It should just be the Australian schoolboys. There shouldn't be like five different teams. So there's a bunch very, of people. Yeah. It's very but confusing. Now. Anyway, he's an up-and-coming junior rugby player who's just signed for St. George. Is he the number eight? No, he's a winger. Okay. Go on. But what, like, what would you do if you were him? He's been offered a full-time professional contract. Rugby saying, you know, you'll play Colts for a year, then you might play grade. Like, what, See, I, what would you do? I don't, I don't know. I find that slightly – I think that's – I don't know if that's so much to do with patience, that one, because there's only – it's so hard to become a full-time professional in anything. Um, and if someone offers you that, I think you have to take it. So he can go back to – union whenever he wants i mean history i think is showing that you can do that um the the guys who play league and then come back like langy gleason went to fucking south for a year like it's not the end of the world um yeah i I don't have as much issue with that only because i think you'll get a better professional training yet used to professional system you'll probably get the snc you're going to get things you can't get at the rats so or Colts anywhere for that matter. Like, so I don't have an issue so much as that. It's more the guys who are union out and out um, and turn up, they want to win and they want to be in the team yesterday, um, which makes things very hard. Yep. People don't like to be told that you're just not as good as the other guy. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah. Your work ethic stinks. I think that's, yeah, I think that there's certainly some to that. It's like, well, do you train like, do you train or like, do you look or does anything, you, do you look like a pro? Like, do you look like you'd play first grade? Like, are you, you acting like, like one? Are you acting? Yeah. All the yeah. all the different elements, but like, are all these things together? Like, do you do anything like all these other number eights in the comp? No, if you're not, then like, you, you don't have as huge a leg to stand on. I did a highlights reel. I'm going to say it's for a very prestigious competition in Australia. Let's just say that this player, and I'm not going to say his position because I don't want, I don't want anyone to know. But they had five carries in 22 games. How's that possible? Well, I don't know. I've managed to have five carries in 15 years, but unless they're a worker, like fuck that. But even st- probability-wise, yeah, un- I mean, you're unlikely to. Touch the ball less than five times in twenty. Telling you, five. Well, look, if there's elements, other elements of his game that are fucking outstanding, all, all I can think in my brain is a, is a fucking tight head prop or a jumping second roll, then you, you might get away with it. But fuck me, that's yeah, not me. I don't even think you get away with that these days. <laughs> Depends where you're going, Chubby. Depends where you're going. If you're going to some sort of fucking shithole in Spain, then maybe. Oh, I'd love to go to a shithole in Spain right now. Yeah, I don't know. You, mate, you've got to appreciate Sydney. Sydney's good. Sydney's good. We've had two weeks of good weather. I get the best of both worlds. I get to spend time in Newcastle. Great town. Cronulla, great town. You know, looking yeah. for, I'm looking forward to it, Jed. It's There's elements of um, like this, year. not sleepiness, but Hong Kong makes Sydney look very sleepy in terms yeah, of like. Hong Kong's the real city that never sleeps. I, 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 you miss things like driving your car, mm-hmm. like, yeah. I, like just weird little things that are like, 
you know, driving your car or like no one, like you never go to anyone's house because like you always just meet someone else. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's, it's the, the different things are, are, are good about Sydney that you miss, particularly in Cronulla, which is stuck in 1975. And actually for that matter, Newcastle stuck in 1985. So you're just bouncing between places that are two different decades. Absolutely wedged in the past. I had a great morning the other day. Merryweather baths, just me and all the old boilers, just sunbaking. Strong arm and cap in hand. Oh, fuck arm and cap, bro. Fucking oath. I, I mix my, it up. What do you drink? I get a. Uh, I, I can only drink one coffee a day, or my anxiety will cripple me. Uh, which I know is like fucking a foreign language to you, given how many coffees you consume in twenty-four hour period. It's a um, lot. Yeah, it's fucking way, it's way too many. Um, I usually go to the 7-Eleven just over there and get a little... Oh, you little, told us that last week. Little, yeah, little yeah. Americano. I bounce between those well. I like to mix it up. I like to keep my body guessing um, and That's on edge it. at all times. That's it, man. I'm a double espresso more often than not kind of guy, but uh, occasionally go an army cap, piccolo, long black, chewing gum. You know, just keep the body guessing. Oh baby, that's you so want to feel good all the time. No, I, I I don't know how you do it. The crash from caffeine's bad, except with caffeine gum, where you don't get it at all. You never ever get it. Well, I, I would have passed out at nine o'clock last night. Woke up at five, and I felt worse than I did before I went to sleep. So, I had some I had some melatonin last night. Oh, you want to know something? You need to try medicinal carver. I've tried it. We fucking did this, and I went and bought it. It didn't do Nothing. shit. Mate, it you... didn't do shit. Mate, well, like... how many did you have? I don't know. Fucking 10. I like my normal carver. I like my... Oh, like... fuck. Carver want... and a whiskey? I want a big motherfucker sitting on around a bowl, handing it to me in a little coat. Clap That's hands? Like... Banaka. To... You clap and you take the... Car. I, love... I fucking love carver. By the way, expensive as shit in Australia. They were... They sell it at the Parramatta Home Games, which is fucking awesome, by the way. But holy hell, it's like 200 bucks a bag. Um, That's what you pay in Asia for bags, isn't it? It's carver. We're talking carver. Stay, <laughs> stay, stay with me. Stay with me. <laughs> I had some melatonin last night. I'm a very poor sleeper. But once I'm asleep, I can't wake up. So I went to sleep very early, 10 o'clock. Woke up at fucking 11 o'clock this morning. So just bet you felt better. Bet you felt better. I did feel better, but that's too it's too much. I need to limit it. I mean, yeah, but no, a big sevens weekend, you're still catching up. Well, we have we had training on Monday. Fuck. Ugh, we train, I will say the we train Monday, Thursday, and tra- Monday training is not a nice night to train. It looks like you're gonna keep uh the majority of your Hong Kong team for the remainder of the year, I'd imagine. Oh yeah, sorry, I forgot to mention. So after after the whole weekend, we went back to the club and watched Hong Kong play Portugal on Sunday night um, at like 10 o'clock. So I uh, I didn't drink on Sunday, either did Granger. Um, but a few people had been just going for three days. So making the Portugal game at 10.30 was fucking incredible. Um, incredible effort. The Hong Kong boys looked fucking decent for 15 minutes. And then I think there was just a gap in class, to be honest. Like a lot of those Portuguese guys play like top 14 fucking... Even not top 14, but you sort of two. in the academy or like you play Fed 1, but you've been in the academy. Like they just have a little bit of a professional edge to them. 
So it makes it very hard. I mean, these these blokes from Hong Kong haven't fucking played footy in two years, man. Mm. Um, like they've played fuck all, but yeah, a couple not, of the. It's yeah. nice the world's opening up properly again. Yeah, they've got it. They've yeah. got it. Look, the final, the final barrier at the moment is the prices on flights are pretty expensive. So, like, I've been looking at different flights for different places. They're fucking dear. And the I other paid, thing, is, I paid yeah, five okay. grand for two of us to go to Bali at Christmas. Yeah, so this is what's which is up, un, un, I was unheard looking, of. I was. I'm looking at going to Bali. For, that same, for the same period. Who are you going yeah. with? Stu and Kate. Okay, mum will be there. Locke lives there now. So. Holy shit. Yeah, so a lot of the boys from here are going there for New Year's. But like, fuck me. It's not cheap. No. It sucks. No, they so. don't miss you. The, the accommodation's pretty cheap. Like, you can stay in a two-bedroom villa with a pool for like 1,200 Aussie for a month. A Even month? Cheap. Yeah. Why not living there? Well, that's what I'm. That's what I'm thinking. If coaching doesn't work out, or if the wildfires tell me to fuck off, I'll just move there. (laughs) Yeah, fuck. Well, I mean, that's so cheap. I wouldn't do it. I would not do anything else. Videos and gum. That's all you need to do. Podcasting. They're not big on stimulants over there. You got to be slightly careful. But. Mate, the, all the videos, my brother's obsessed with food. I find it actually quite weird. Like, I like food as well, but his obsession with food. Like, anyone that doesn't think CTE is real, go and look at my brother's Instagram, somebody feed lock. Uh, it's real. CTE is real. But it looks fantastic over there. That's yeah, it the does. Point, that's the point of what I was On the food thing, so Granger takes a photo of every meal he eats. Um, it, and, like, I don't know... I've always asked him, I don't have an issue with it necessarily. Like, I'm not there swatting his camera away, but I'm like, what, what are you going to do with these? Like, what do we do with these? Like, one day when it's raining, we go Just back Just for to the, me- the memories. And we go, fuck, those dumplings were really good. Um, and the other thing is, CTA is real because I got KO'd a couple of weeks ago when I've, I've been writing a few articles this week. My fucking, the words just haven't quite popped into my yeah. brain the way that they used to. No, like, like nine-tenths of them have. But then I've been searching for a word that's usually in my vernacular and I, I'm just like, what the fuck word is that again? But is it because you sleep deprived or? I don't know. But I, I um, yeah, I, I can't have another one. I, that is no, that's non. <laughs> no more ago. tackling. No more tackling or ball carrying for you. <laughs> <laughs> that, ne- that'll I've, do it. I've negotiated to only pass. Um, so yeah. early predictor for the Shoot Shield finals. I'm going to say the wildfires might win it this year. <laughs> okay, that's good. It's good confidence. Um, and everyone else, will, everyone else will lose. I think Sydney are going to win. Be interesting to see how they they come out. Next man up. Hmm. Next man up in the factory. I've well, that's, seen that's a, that's a, that's one of the benefits of having a good rugby program. Yeah, it's true. But like, fuck me, that thing's yeah. No, you're right. But like they've got next man up in almost every position. Like, and if you don't know who they are, then it's because they're playing fucking second grade cops. But like by the time they get there, you know, next year they'll they'll be ready to roll. They've got all these lanky fucking six foot five kids playing cults. Like they'll they'll be 
they'll be good. I think Sydney Uni will be top two. And to be quite honest, I don't know who the other I have no I've sort of lost a little bit of conception being here. You don't hear as many things. I think it'll be a close comp again. You'd you'd think with the amount of the, the amount of money East are spending, they should be up there if you're uh, buying a comp theories right. Let's see. I, uh, I don't think there'll be many changes from this year, if I'm honest. Yeah, okay. Well, apart that's from, even, apart from the wildfires making the fire. Apart from the wildfires, who are going to who are going to bring it home? I will They're say going. that East, East would have sorted out their coaching staff. Um, oh, nice. And I'm not sure. I I don't think it's been announced. Like it's knowledge. It's knowledge amongst the players, but it hasn't been announced. So the Forts coach is a very very good man and good friend of mine uh, from way back. So I think he'll do it. Very, very good job there. Nice, nice. Played a lot of professional rugby, so I think he'll have some um, some touches to his to his knowledge that the boys can use. So if the boys Was he are a player there, this year, no, hasn't been there for a while. But he's he's a very. I'll, I'll tell you, it's not. Did he play, play at Eastwood? Yeah. Oh yeah, uh, might have won a couple of shoot shields. Maybe one. Very good dude. Very, very good player as well. Nice guy. So I'll be in touch with him, but he'll oh. uh, he'll do a good job there. Awesome. Awesome. Good to hear. Good to hear. Um, now, just to finish, I've had James Whalen trying to get on the program. What's no. your What's your general take on that? I think he should enjoy his, as in get on as a guest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if you've noticed, but so far our only guest has been quite high profile, being Jed Holloway. Um, so I think Wayla should put his head down, focus on uh, on his time at Doncaster, and really enjoy that. I think it'd be fun to get all the Eastwood players from this year on just to critique your coaching. I mean, like you could do that, yeah. But at the same time, like if we're going blow for blow, I got fucking pages of shit that I could <laughs> do as well. So um, no, I think that'd be a terrible idea. I'd say to Wayla, I think he's got English heritage. He's over there on his English thing. When he plays for England, he can come on the podcast. Until then, he can listen to the podcast. Something to aspire to, James. And uh, yeah. sh- shout out to James, former Southern Districts lower grader, turned Eastwood first grader, turned English competition third division player. Um, yeah, we're very proud of you on this show. <laughs> yeah, so you, you skate, mate. You grab that. Great bloke to fucking work with, by the way. Wailo, well, I know you're listening. I enjoyed our days at... Uh, the sign factory with those fucking simple people. And uh... I, he, when I was, when I was uh, Jimmy Barnes in the factory, he came in and worked as well. And the one day I left early to get a, to go on a job interview at a law firm, he got fired. So (laughs) (laughs) I don't know whether they were like trying to, it's not like I held any sway there, but like, it's like they just waited for him to be isolated. I clocked off and then they, they, I got a text message 30 minutes later, bro, they fired me. What the fuck? So. <laughs> well, when you're throwing your weight around on your first day, that's what's going to happen, Waylo. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah. So I suppose uh, keep an eye out this week for the internationals. Um, yeah. I'll watch them all again because your boy's, your boy's got some time on his hands. And if there's any, uh, stop sending me that stuff from the female athlete project, please. Um, that person i don't have any- keep doing that guys anyone who does that will Again, get uh, no, a lot of love from this no, show i got no qualms with anything it's there's just no context on there and i don't know what is actually a good outcome for anyone it just confuses me 
Um, so yeah, don't I don't like them, and I think their podcast is fucking shit. I I haven't listened. Um, I got enough voices in my head already. <laughs> I'm looking forward as well, and I'll, I'll say we'll, we can say some things we're grateful for. You know what? Let's say, you know how people post things they're grateful for every day on Instagram. What are mainly, you grateful for? Mainly good-looking chicks. I will say this week I'm grateful we have no scheduled events on Saturday. So Saturday night. Just a random night in Lang Kwai Fong. <laughs> we'll play hookers the game. And co- hookers and cocaine. We have a game. We do have a game on. And then after that, it'll just be some uppers, then some downers, no, and then some uppers no, again. No. <laughs> None of that. It'll just be, it'll be, you know what? Let's go home and watch X-Men. And that'll be X-Men. Yeah. I'm going to watch that tonight. That's what I'm going to watch the last night. <laughs> that's what oh, I'm going for at fantastic. the moment. Also, the cleaner came today and did another terrific job. So um, shout out to her. You let what, her what out you from the you let her out from the brewing cupboard. That's very, very generous. What are you doing. grateful for, Duncan? Uh, I did a fantastic podcast with Mick Byrne before. Um, so that'll be out next week. He was legitimately awesome. Uh, I think I say that with every podcast I do, but he was he was no, fucking true. You said one was fucking awful. Oh, that was terrible, that one. But he was <laughs> and there's been a couple like there's been a couple where you get 20 minutes in and you're like, fuck, I'm, I'm I've already asked all my questions. This guy's just giving me like five word answers. But what do you think about this and that? So you pull something out of your ass. But uh, Mick was awesome. I, I reckon I could have talked to him for three or four hours. Like we talked nearly an hour and a half, and it just flow through. Um, that's good. I got a couple of stripes on my white belt and BJJ the other day, so that's hey, nice. Um, yeah, slowly right. losing weight, very slowly. Uh, enjoying my life, mate. Trying to do too many things, but it's all good. I'm enjoying the wildfires enormously. They're doing some good things there, and it's uh, good to be a part of it. Enjoying doing this podcast. Enjoying doing the other podcast. Plenty of videos to do. Selling gum, not enough gum. And if all goes well, I will be playing for the pod for the uh, wildfires in about March. So we'll just. <laughs> we'll hey, just, Bubba we'll listens. Just... Bubba listens to this, so that's a verbal agreement. If if all's <laughs> going well and they're short, a loose head, and uh, you mate, know, you're in. You're in. Couple of. You're just, couple... I'm just not sure you'd be coachable. That's all. Oh, <laughs> in my old age, you, you you change a little bit, but uh, anyway. So that there was a lot, lots of exciting things to look forward to, mate. How good! Uh, thanks to everyone for listening. If you managed to get through all this dribble, we appreciate you as always. Please uh, like, subscribe, share. I am in the process of designing some merch and trying to find a decent merch company. So we'll put that out there. Please buy away. Buy some for your girlfriend, your wife, your mistress, your grandma. And yeah, that's all I've got. This is a good show. Good show, you reckon? Like, what would you rate the show? Decent show? I rate them all. I don't, I think they all got their, uh, I mean, they're positive negative. You started very fucking fiery today. And then I ran out of fire and started talking about normal things. So I think it's yeah, good. No, normal things suck, but um, being on fire is good. All right, everyone. Bye.